My name's Luke, if you don't know me, that is my name. Um, I'm going to talk to you this morning for about 25 minutes. Um, and uh, we'll be looking at the passage uh, from the pastoral letters from 2 Timothy 3, verses 10 to 17. I am encouraged that God has been speaking to us this morning already about how God can speak to us through and there isn't a big loud band and we haven't got all the razzmatazz that there will likely be at New Day. God can speak to us in the quiet place and uh, that's a good thing. So let's just, uh, let's just pray and, uh, and then I'll speak. So Lord, I just thank you that you've brought us into this room this morning to hear from the Word of God. Lord, I pray that you will speak to us and Lord, we might be a people who are changed and have a greater passion, a greater desire for you uh, as we leave this room. Amen. Amen. So, uh, I will be reading from the ESV, which is a, a modern English translation of the Bible, and uh, it will come up on the screen. Uh, you can turn to it if you want to. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, writing to his friend Timothy. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So we have two themes this morning, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to remember them. So the first theme is follow, and the second theme is the Bible. So firstly, we'll look at follow. There were lots of pictures up there, and many of you will not have a clue who any of them are. So does anyone know who any of these people are in the pictures? Just shout them out. Jeremy and Anne. So Martin Luther is where? Well, he's in the ground and he's dead. But anyway, on the top left, absolutely, Martin Luther on the top left. Why is Martin Luther up there? 500 years next year will be the anniversary since the Reformation. So, uh, 1517. Um, so yeah, jo Martin Luther, Jeremy and Anne. Terry Virgo. Terry Virgo in the bottom left. So Terry Virgo is up there because he is uh, founder of the movement of churches that Jubilee Church Teesside is part of. Jeremy and Anne are there because they founded Jubilee Church and were with us for many, many years and uh, now lead that apostolic sphere that we are part of. 
Anyone know the other two mysterious characters from the past? Oh, look at that, John Calvin in the middle. So uh, again, part of the Reformation with Martin Luther and uh, someone who had a great influence in the doctrine uh, of the church. And in the top right, there is silence as a name. I knew there would someone be like, who's that, who's that? The top right is John Wycliffe. So John Wycliffe is credited with being the first person to translate the Bible into English. So, you may not have known it when you walked into the room this morning, but all the people on that picture influence what your life looks like today in church. They've all influenced the face of Christianity as we experience it in 2016 on Teesside. Um, so yeah, they've all had an influence on your life. So, the next slide is a picture, and you have to guess who's in this picture as well. There's a lot of audience participation this morning, isn't there? Yeah, 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 good. Good, so who is that? Who's this picture? Bearing in mind we've just read the Bible, and it is the talk is related to picture. So Paul, yeah, so Paul is there, and uh, that's Paul, so he's in chains. So uh, the reason why I've put this picture up there is, uh, is because Paul is writing to Timothy from imprisonment. So he's in prison in Rome. And the person with him is Luke. He's Luke. 2 Timothy 4.11 says, Luke alone is with me. So there you are. So whether indeed it was Luke or not, I don't know. So there you are. So Paul's in prison. He's expecting to die. Um, just a few verses on uh, in 2 Timothy 4, verse 6 to 7. It says, For I'm ready to be poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. So Paul is writing from that context. He's in the latter part of his life and he is writing to Timothy to remind Timothy of what he has been to him. In fact, the Greek word which we read as follow in you, however, have followed my teaching literally means traced out as an example. So Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, you have traced out as an example my life. Paul is saying, look at my life. How willing would you be to say that to other people? Paul isn't boasting here in the way that he describes his life. He's merely illustrating how he's lived his life with integrity. He did what he said. He practiced what he preached. So let's have a look and see what Paul says. What is Paul saying to Timothy? He's talking about his teaching, Paul's teaching, and Paul's life. And you might ask, well, how on earth does Timothy know all these things about Paul? Well, Timothy has spent time with Paul. This is a picture of uh, modern-day Turkey, uh, Middle East, and Greece up there. And uh, it's a picture of Paul's travels from the church in Antioch that, if you were here a few weeks ago, Jeremy was, was making reference to. Um, the church in Antioch, across what is now modern-day Turkey. Um, so Paul travelled to three places that he mentioned, Antioch in Pisidia, which is a different place from the other Antioch, but don't worry about it, um, Iconium and Lystra. So we read in these chapters in Acts 13 and 14, we read that Paul taught the people there. People responded to what Paul told them about the good news about Jesus Churches were started, church leaders were appointed, 
And it also tells us how Paul conducted himself and how he was rejected and suffered persecution. Paul's life was an unwavering example of faith to Timothy. If we just look at some of the things that happened to Paul uh, in Antioch in Pisidia, it says the people contradicted what Paul said and slandered him, and then they drove him out of the town. In Iconium, when he was there, they plotted to stone him. Paul found out about it, and he fled. When Paul was in Lystra, Paul healed a man who had been unable to walk from birth. The people then tried to worship him as though Paul was a god, and Paul didn't want that. Uh, the crowds then got provoked, so they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that it was, he was dead. So Paul didn't have a very nice time when he was travelling around that part of modern-day Turkey. But this is the example that Paul gave to Timothy in his life. It's actually when Paul returns to that place, Lystra, where he was stoned and left for dead, uh, many years later, on his secondary missionary journey, that he meets Timothy, who lived there. So Timothy would have heard about the fact that Paul had been stoned to death by the very townspeople that lived with Timothy. I wonder how Timothy felt knowing that the people who lived in his town of Lystra had nearly killed his mentor. The fact that Paul actually went back to that place showed Timothy, it was an example to Timothy, of what Paul was willing to go through to preach the good news about Jesus. So when Paul and Timothy meet in Lystra, Paul takes him on his travels and they become good friends. And as many times Paul references Timothy all throughout his letters, which now form part of the New Testament, our Bible. Paul's example to Timothy was a personal one of great faith and success in preaching the good news and also an example of rejection and persecution. Now I know not all of us here will have had experience in our lives of being threatened and persecuted for our faith. But I'm quite sure people in this room have been contradicted for what they've said about their faith. People have argued against us for what we said. I'm sure people have spoken behind our backs or even to our face to slander us. I'm sure we are unable to speak up about our faith when we would want to. I think we live in a culture where there's a growing lack of acceptance of the Christian faith. So are we standing up for our faith like Paul did? Are we stepping out in our faith like Paul did on his travels? And who are we living as an example to? Some of you would say, well, I'm not an example to anyone. But we're all an example to someone. We all relate in some way to somebody. What kind of example is that? Paul talks in verse 14 of how Timothy should continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. So who did Timothy learn things from? We've already established Timothy learns a lot of things from Paul. But it says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, it, it says, Paul says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy's sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lewis and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. So the examples Timothy had from his mother, his grandmother, and Paul all shaped his life. Who are we following now? 
for your personal life, whose faces would you fill in those pictures? What or who is, is that leads us and guides us in our lives? Do we have someone who's an example to us in the way that they lead their lives? Is there someone better that we could follow? Which brings us to the next theme, which is the Bible. We read in verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God. When Paul is writing this in around AD 67-68, as we said from prison in Rome, he would have primarily been referring to the Old Testament when he said scripture. However, there are several verses written by both Paul and Peter, who was a disciple of Jesus, that refer to what we know as the New Testament of Scripture. So it is valid to use this verse as meaning all the Bible when it says all Scripture. So Paul says all Scripture, all the Bible, is breathed out by God. So, what does Paul say about it? And here is a word you may never have seen before. So don't say you haven't learned something from hearing what I'm saying this morning. So there we are. So that on the top is in Greek. So the New Testament, this letter that Paul is writing would have been written in Greek. So that's the original language. In the middle is how it is uh, written in English. And to help us all, how that's how to pronounce it. Now the bottom. So, I will say it. Theopneustos. So let's all say that together. They are new stars. There we go. We can all say it. We've all learned the Greek word. But what on earth does it mean? So let's all take a big deep breath in. And then breathe out. There we are. So the breathing out. The spiration, expiration. That's what theopneustos means. It means breathed out. So all the Bible is breathed out by God. In other words, the Bible is brought into existence by the breath or the Spirit of God. It's not the case that God breathes into the words that somebody has already written. The Bible was brought into existence by the breath or Spirit of God. Now this passage doesn't explain how this happened, just that's what the Bible is. Peter, who as I said was a disciple of Jesus, wrote, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So this gives us a little more insight into how the Bible was breathed out by God people were involved and were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It was not that they had the Bible dictated to them, but that God worked through their human character and personality. The Bible writers had a full tank of the Holy Spirit. So what does the Bible say? What does Paul say that the Bible is for? So he says, if we read in verse 15, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation 
through faith in Christ Jesus. So the Bible is powerful. Reading the Bible can prepare us for salvation that God gives us by faith in Jesus. Now the Bible might not give you an electric shock, as in the picture, but it will certainly powerfully impact your life. What else does Paul say about the Bible? Now I think the New Living Translation, which is another modern English translation, is quite helpful here. So this is 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 to 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realise what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So why don't you just take a second to just read that to yourself on the slide. Now you've read it to yourself. Let's all read it together. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realise what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So the Bible is very powerful and helps us to know what is right and wrong. God uses it to equip us, his people. And the people who are listening to this or who are together in this room right now are his people. Isn't that amazing that the Bible can help us live our lives? Now one thing is certain in our life that at times there will be difficulties. This is entirely normal. This verse teaches us that we need to be prepared for when the pillars of our lives start to crumble. The Bible teaches us that God will not desert us at these times. We need to feed on the Bible and through this our relationship with God so that we are well equipped to stand firm in our faith. So how... Do we feed on the Bible? We live in a non-reading culture. Most of what we read is short soundbite, be that text or tweets, newspaper articles, magazines. We lead busy lives. In the time that we do have, we're often very tired. There are some people who do not put the Bible anywhere near the top of their to-do list. Some people are distracted. We live in an age where there are probably more distractions than ever before. Mobile phones, internet, social media, TV, radio, so on. On top of this, people feel they ought to read the Bible more. People feel guilty. Perhaps you had a bad experience as a child. Maybe you read the King James Version and you really struggled. Or maybe you were forced to read the Bible. Maybe some of us treat the Bible as an instruction manual. And if, 
like most men, the manual only gets read in case of a disaster. Now, if we use the Bible like that, it may well be a disaster if we wait until then to read it. Some of us may have made commitments or promises or resolutions to read the Bible and have failed to keep them. So it makes us feel bad. And the Bible can be daunting. It's a large collection of books. There are 66 in all. But God's love shines through the pages of the Bible. So what do we do in this context, all this stuff that we seem burdened by about how we read the Bible? Let us remember that the Bible helps us to know God better. It's not about loving a book. It's about growing in relationship with God. Now, for most people, if your car breaks down, you go to a garage. If your boiler breaks, you go to a plumber. If we want to grow in God, we should turn to the Bible. And God gives us his church. So it's not about us necessarily just sitting in a room by ourselves. We are to work together as a family to help each other in our knowledge and love of God. Arnold Bell was a man who greatly influenced my life. For those of you who have never heard of him, he was a New Frontiers Bible teacher in Sheffield, and I was privileged to have studied under his teaching. He taught me to love studying the Bible out of his passion for the Word of God. That is the legacy that he left in my life. He died after a short illness in 2012. He said, Determine a time and a place for undistracted exposure to Scripture. He didn't say that we need to sit down and read the Bible for hours each day. If you can, great but he didn't say that was what was required of all of us. There are Bible reading plans that can be helpful. In fact, there are now Bibles laid out uh, for each day of the year to really help us reading. But we don't necessarily have to read the Bible. That sounds a bit controversial. But remember, the New Testament, the time of the New Testament, the early church, was a non-reading culture. Now, they didn't have books because printing hadn't been invented yet, um, so it is slightly different. Um, but we don't have to read the Bible. If you don't want to read the Bible, you can listen to the Bible. You can listen on a CD or an MP3 instead of listening to the radio or TV. Listen to the Bible. Perhaps you could listen in the car on the way to work. Perhaps you could listen on a dog walk, assuming, of course, you have a dog, uh, or on a run, assuming you can run. Um, you could watch the Bible. There are some very good quality films that illustrate the message of the Bible accurately. Unfortunately, there are also many films that don't stick very closely to the Bible, so we do need to be careful. The point is, as Arnold said, exposure to Scripture. Now, it won't be easy. That I can nearly guarantee. Studying the Bible in however you want to, it won't be easy. We need to help each other. We need to develop our passion for God's Word. I think if we're sat in this room this morning, each of us will have a passion for God's Word, however big or small that passion is, but we need to develop our passion. And if you want more ideas about how you can do that, please come and speak to one of the elders or speak to me or one of your leaders. 
On the last 30 of the month, it's Theology Thursday, uh, which starts again in September. And we have an evening of Bible teaching that you're all invited to at Melbourne House. There's a library in the church offices at Melbourne House that has many good books in it to help you grow your passion for God's Word. It is free to take books out, but please return them when you finish them. If you want to listen to Arnold Bell, he did an excellent talk on developing a passion for God's Word, and that's available online for free. So if, as up on the slide, you put Arnold Bell, Word, and Durham into Google, it will come up first on the list. For some reason, you can't find it very easily any other way. But anyway, the point is, I'd highly recommend listening to that talk. Um, it will really encourage you about ways you can develop your passion for God's work. What we've talked about this morning is very important. We, those of us here who love the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, will spend eternity with God. We need to know who he is and what he is like. Jesus himself spoke of how we can build up treasures in heaven. Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. To build an inheritance in heaven and not on earth is the message. So in conclusion, follow the Bible. The Bible is breathed out by God. It equips us to live for God. Exposure to the Bible will help us to grow in faith. Who do we choose to influence our lives? How will we do this? Just take a minute in silence now to reflect on those questions and think about how you can apply them to your life. Start by making small changes would be my suggestion and build on it. If you feel challenged about what you've heard this morning, it would be good to do something about it. It would be good to do something about it right now. Perhaps if you feel challenged and you want to develop your passion for God's Word, we could stand and we could ask God to help us because we need God's help in the way that we live our lives. So if you want to develop your passion for God's word, if you want to grow, then please stand and we will, we will pray for you.
So I'll pray for us and then uh, maybe we could pray for, for each other afterwards. Dear Lord, I thank you that you've given us your word. And Lord, I thank you that your word speaks about your word. Lord, your word tells us that it is breathed out by God and that it impacts our lives. And Lord, as Christians, we are people of the word. And yet, I know myself, and I'm sure there are many others in this room, we really don't know your word very well sometimes. Well, we don't spend enough time studying your word. Well, there are so many things that we feel we ought to do, and we know we ought to do, but we don't do them, and it makes us feel bad. But Lord, we want to do something about that. We want to be people who are growing in our passion for the Bible, for knowing more about you, Lord, growing in relationship with you. This isn't about a holy book, not about the pages of our favourite treasured family Bible. It's about growing in relationship with you, a living, dynamic relationship with a powerful God who speaks to us and works with us in our lives today. Lord, we want to be a transformed people, a people impacted by the word of God, living our lives as people who have gone before us as examples to us. Lord, we thank you for the example of Paul to Timothy and the example that Paul and Timothy are to us. Lord, we think just now about people who have been examples to us in our lives. Some of them, I'm sure, fantastic examples of how to live an upright and godly life. I'm sure many not so great examples of how to live our lives. Lord, we want to be people who live our lives passionately for you. And Lord, we can't do it by ourselves. Lord, we can't do this by ourselves, Lord. And you never intended us to. You didn't create us to live in a vacuum all by ourselves. Lord, you want us to be people, people. You even exist as a people. Lord, you are in relationship as God himself. So Lord, help us as a church to help one another. Help us to support one another. To know that this isn't easy that there are many challenges that we face and we all need encouragement in this area. And Lord, most of all, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will come and touch our lives, Lord, and fill us and encourage us right now, but also, Lord, on Friday afternoon when we're shattered or on Thursday morning when we find out something awful has happened or on Tuesday, lunchtime, when we've just lost it again about something in our lives. Lord, help us through all the challenges that we face in our daily lives, Lord. Lord, we want to be like that rock that says passion for God's word all the way through it, wherever you cut us, whether you cut us looking after kids, going out for a run, walking dogs at work, sat in our bedroom, sleeping, whatever we're doing, all the time we're passionate for living our lives for you 
led by your word, guided by your spirit, but a passionate people. So Lord, just pray that you're with us, you guide us, you stir us, Lord, you transform us, you transform our lives as we really dig into your word. Help us on this journey that's going to be a battle, it's going to be a challenge. But Lord, we know that now. We know there's going to be things that try and distract us. But Lord, we're digging in. We're digging in because we know that this is worthy of investing in because it has eternal rewards. Lord, our life on earth is just a blink, really, in eternity. Paul could see that. He didn't mind getting beaten up, left for dead. Because he knew there was a greater reward in heaven. There was something worth fighting for. And he didn't want to compromise his life. So Lord, let us not compromise our lives. Let us live a transformed life. Worthy of the calling that you have given us. Amen. 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 Maybe if we just pray for people around us.